Hi, I'm Chris Marie. I'm so glad you're listening. In conflict, do you ever walk on eggshells, avoid sharing your honest opinion, or even hesitate to say no? Well, no more. Susan and I created a speak up kit just for you. It's an easy to use, proven step-by-step process to find your voice and reduce your stress. To learn more, go to thriveinc.com forward slash speak up. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash S-P-E-A-K-U-P. Hi, this is Susan. And I'm Chris Murray. And we're here today to talk about what we refer to as a couple strategic retreat. <laughs> say more, Susan, say more. <laughs> well, you know, we work with leaders and teams all the time. And one of the biggest challenges sometimes is getting leaders and teams to realize how important it is to really make time for strategies, strategic meetings, making sure they take the time, not just, you know, fighting fires and doing tactical things, but making sure they're actually really taking some time aside to plan and think ahead. To slow down, to step back and look at the business, look at the team dynamics and get aligned in the bigger picture rather than go, 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 go. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because it's the same way with a couple, you know, (laughs) Um, we did. We just are coming off of doing a virtual couples weekend and we led it with couples uh, through the Haven. It was called the Beauty of Conflict for Couples. And it was two days virtually here in Montana and here in their homes, there in their homes. And, you know, I was reminded of how vital and important it is and how hard it is sometimes for couples to take the necessary time to sort of step back, think about what is happening in their lives and all the different things that are going on and have the time to talk to each other and make sure that they are somewhat aligned. And Yeah, because things build up and a lot of times couples are kind of stuck in a transactional fit, you know, just like they're brushing their teeth trying to figure out now, should we send the kids to that private school or where do we want to go on vacation? Or, you know, I really hate that you don't put the two, the, 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 uh, what's the top on the toothpaste, the top on the toothpaste, (laughs) whatever it is, all those different things. Yeah. So there's, you know, that's, I, and also, you know, it's kind of funny. I think a lot of times couples are really siloed. Let's face it. <laughs> That's I a mean, it's so, you know, because, the, you know, couples have each person has possibly has their own career, has their own hobbies, has their own group of friends that they hang out with and do activities with. And so many times, none of that is getting talked about, but that's a lot of activity Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of (laughs) siloing. And so this retreat, it's, it was a workshop and it gives a chance. We present a model, a relationship dynamic model, and just having people look at their relationship a different way. It's also just like we do team building with corporate teams. We actually do some like, remember why you connected to each other in the first place because relationships are we think long-standing relationships have two qualities one you can laugh together and you can fight or argue together you can go through those tough times and having both of those that goodwill and the ability to deal with difficult things in a way that works are create a resilient coupledom and so we were giving tools of course in communication tools how to talk about tough issues how how habits start to, you know, ingrain you. If you're having the same conversation over and over again, or you feel the same same way in the conversation and it's not a good way, you really want to unpack that dynamic because you keep, because it's a habit. You've created a habit. 
And, you know, I think what you're talking about is really important because a lot of times, because people don't realize, oh, this is actually the exact same thing we've done over and over again. And think they have to, they don't realize they could do something different, even look at it differently. Like one thing we talked about was rather than just change the person, I need okay. a new partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of times it's a, an issue. They don't have mutual purpose. They haven't even figured out what problem they're actually addressing or what they're trying to solve. They think they're talking about the toothpaste lid, but really <laughs> it's got something to do with some underlying deep need for one person wants a much neater home. And the other person is like, not, doesn't, it's not as interested in that. And or it could also be, you know, that really that toothpaste lid represents some old deep-seated issue for that person that's part of been part of their life. And it's really got nothing to do with toothpaste. But they were <laughs> mad at their parents for not giving them the right toothpaste. Who knows? You know, it, it's funny how some things that have happened in our lives that are in our personal filter, our own, we don't realize how they're factoring into something that's current. So let's just back up and talk about the personal filter. We have the tool and we have a little tool called Check It Out, an episode on that. It's short and easy, accessible on our podcast list. So you might want to check that out. (laughs) But in there, data comes in and we process that information through our personal filter. And our personal filter is made up of all our significant emotional events, our gender, where we've lived, the experiences we've had, whether we're privileged or not, our race, all those different things. And what it is, it's a a way our brain, it has to sort incoming information. So it, it says, this is good, this is bad, or this, it gives value definitions to all this stuff. And so it automatically, before we're even aware of it, it deletes, distorts, or generalizes information coming in. So that's how we, and we pop out with a story and that piece, how our personal filter is really where all our biases are. And it's something that we're not really aware of. So a part of what we were doing in this workshop is helping these different parts of this couple realize, oh, that's my personal filter. Because we tend to think, oh, like one of my stories, part of my personal filter is nobody cares about me. And so a story that I commonly tell is, well, Susan didn't do this. So it's clear she doesn't care. And you know what? Nothing could be further from the truth. It's just my filter that's telling me so. So it's it's my brain. It's not reality. And I mean, there might be times, Chris Marie, where, <laughs> where I actually don't care, but it's in, and, and or true. haven't really understood why it's so important to you. But <laughs> so I won't say that I, it's always true that right. I care, but I do think of nine times, that's a, that's a habitual habit of yours to think I don't. Yes. And I appreciate that you're, you're talking about that because so often we don't realize those habitual habits, you know, because I think a lot of times that I'm not going to do this. I can't do this good enough. That's a story in my head that you've probably very rarely told me, but I mean, you may think you don't do it good enough, but you very rarely project that onto me. That's an old historical story that I can jump to. And when I get there, I actually get in my own way Mm -hmm. an awful lot. And so if I didn't recognize it as part of my filter, I would end up just spiraling into this. We'd we'd constantly spiral into the same dynamics all the time. So listeners out there, like your brain is a pattern recognition device. And if you habitually feel the same way and not a good way in relationship, you may think it's a problem with your partner. And it may actually be just the pattern you keep repeating in your brain, which is why using the communication model of check it out is one way to start updating that filter in your brain. Also, I'm doing rewiring. That's another way 
to change the filter in your brain. There's so many new brain tools out there. They've learned so much. But we were talking about how couples could slow down and check out their story before they assume they're right. And, you know, that, I mean, that's just one piece of the opportunity that was offered over this weekend. And what was so rich about the weekend was here we each were in our own home. And basically we had two hour sessions. So we had two hours and we'd have a break. Then we had two hours. And then the next day we had it. So, and, and there we were still in our coupledom though. So even on the breaks, there was an opportunity to actually still kind of work with things and, uh, or not digest. Like digest and be together in this, in our own home. And I, it was just an amazing weekend. And I forget how, what a great investment it is. I mean, I know we love doing these workshops because it helps us and it keeps us, makes us better, better people and actually offer more out in the world. But I, I also really get though, that it, I think these couples really got great value out of it. And so often I watch people struggle in their relationships. And I think, do you ever take the time to actually yeah. slow down and really work on it? And and have some outside perspective, some new ideas, even some feedback. We were able to give some different couples feedback. And it's really, you know, and we even use some of our business tools in this retreat. So they definitely cross over. We had people look at what's working and what's not for me as an individual, just even in my life, and then debrief that with your partner. Then look at what's working in our relationship and what's not and debrief that. We even had, we took specific topics of what's working well in our sex life and what's not and having that debrief. And oh my gosh, that short little conversation, so many of them said, wow, we never talk about sex. We we do sex, maybe not as much as I want, but we do sex, but we never talk about it. And or, that, or about money. Yes. How many times do people, how many couples have we worked with where it's like, no, we actually don't talk together. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, you know, um, and you, it may sound odd, you know, but it was interesting for me to even recognize we actually bump up against some of these same things in business. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Not sex. Not, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. That's true. All right. Take that one off the table. But, uh, you know, the fact that often when we're working with teams, the hardest thing to get them to do is the strategic piece. Yeah. Which is the big picture, slowing down, stepping back and looking, are we directionally aligned? Are we working together? Yeah. And I get that there's lots of fires and lots of things that are happening and businesses operating quickly, just like in a couple. And yet, while when when teams have decided that they're going to take that time, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. You know, and so it's the same with the couple. That little bit of time helps the team kind of ground and directionally really, oh, wait a minute, we need to change course. Same thing with a couple, like, wow, we could be doing something so different here. Mm. It's really powerful to see how, I think, you know, in, in a couple, and this is true with teams, you know, the, there's an offsite plan for a team and maybe seven out of 10 want to be there. And then those three people are like, oh my gosh, why are we doing this when <laughs> we start? But then at the end, they're usually like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And the same thing, a couple of the partners, in particular, a couple of the guys I saw on the screen seemed like they were drugged to the workshop. But in the end, oh my gosh, their eyes were so bright. They seemed so much more alive and mm. were so happy they took the time to take the 
the workshop. Yeah. And I know, you know, we often do work up at the Haven around the couples all the time and we've, we've written the book and we enjoy doing this. And the I, book is the beauty of conflict like, for couples, but I don't know, you know, I was thinking this made me think, you know, I'll just bring it up here. You know, it'd be fun to sort of map out, like we tell teams do something on a quarterly basis. So if we schedule our own on a quarterly basis, the same weekend and yeah, we open it up. Other couples can join us. I think it would be, that would be a way to keep us on, you know, eating our own dog food and doing what we need <laughs> to do and also invite other couples to join us. Yeah. I, I can see the v- value of that, Susan, because while we did the workshop, when the couples were doing the examples, we were doing them. So it wasn't like we had all these set examples. We were applying the tools to our relationship and we modeled the tools for them. So it wasn't all neat and tidy, but they saw real conversations about where we were struggling with, with boundaries or different Mm -hmm. um, topics that we wanted to bring forward. And what amazes me is, you know, really sometimes being able to listen to other couples talk about the challenges. They don't have to talk about the details. They talk about just even what it's like to try to wrestle through a difference or whatever. And you can tell the value that everyone gets from someone being willing to to take that perspective and talk about it. Because, you know, in our society, we socialize with couples. We have fun, hopefully, with other couples, but rarely do we talk about, yeah, this is what I'm struggling with. You Maybe the guys do and the gals do or different, different siloed conversations. But what was so powerful, and it happens anytime we lead a couples workshop, people are like, wow, we're not the only ones who struggle with this. Mm-hmm. And so just to let you know, listeners, you're not the only one that struggles with blank, whatever that is. There are other couples that are really wrestling with the same thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I thought was so key is how people deal with stress. And this kind of drives those unproductive conversations. If the different ways that we react to getting feedback that we don't like to hear or being asked to do something that, wait a minute, I think I'm doing enough. So the defensiveness or the criticism when somebody shuts down altogether, or even when somebody like I'm better than you rises above all those different dynamics come up in couples, they come up at work, but it's again, learning how to deal with them differently is so powerful. And, you know, people want to get rid of their bad behaviors because, you know, it's like, okay, I shouldn't be that way. (laughs) You know, I mean, I love the Gottman's work and they talk about the four horsemen and it's almost like you've got to get rid of the four horsemen. And I'm kind of like, I don't know if you get rid of any of that stuff, but you really need to be able to own this. These are the things I do. I can be critical. I can be. I am uh, being defensive right now. I am being defensive. I can. I do feel contempt. The more that I can actually own it and not go into my shame spiral around it, the more I have the opportunity to step in and do something different. Mm -hmm. And I think so often, you know, we don't want to own our own bad behavior because we don't want to deal with the shame we feel around it. But unless we can actually recognize that's just part of being human, that's part of being relational. It's, you know, it's not easy to be in front of somebody just raw and real. But if I can be compassionate with myself and have some kindness, I'm going to probably have more kindness for my partner. And that's going to make a difference. And and I think that's true in relationships, marriages, couples. It's also true on teams. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think you bring up a really good point, Susan, that the more I can have space for me, not go into that shame or, oh my gosh, I'm wrong. The more I can have compassion for myself, I have much more compassion for you. And I'm not then focused on changing you. And that makes, I mean, that makes all the difference in the world 
when you can have the space to be genuinely interested in not just the other person, but yourself. Right. You know? so. I mean, it just reminds me of a story when we went to, so one of, if, if any of you know me, I have a um, vacation phobic. I don't like to go on vacation. And we finally signed up for a yoga retreat. So we had an activity that sounded good to me. And we arrived at this beautiful place, Haramara, and they had these open air palapas and we put down the bags and I say, you know what? I'm not sure I'm really... I'm, well, I know I'm not happy in this relationship, and I don't know if I even want to stay in this relationship. But what happened to you, Susan? I can still feel that, like, <laughs> you know, catching my throat. And also the the part of me that's like, no way are you bringing that up right now? First time we've ever been on vacation. That's just not okay. <laughs> Fortunately, most of that stayed background. You know? I mean, I the did, intensity, <laughs> the did. intensity of it. And I and I did though. I mean, I did own. Ha! Huh, this is what's coming up for me, and I really hear this is up for you. So I want to try to figure out how we can do that. And so we made an agreement to use some of these very tools we were talking about and not, you know, because we weren't going to make that decision on a whim, you know? Mm -hmm. And so here we were on vacation. So we may as well have some time to enjoy that vacation and also address this issue. So we used our tool, the 555. Yes, which we also have a podcast episode on the 555. You can check that out. But it, what it, what you need to know is it took 15 minutes. So the idea was, hey, we would, I could vent about my relationship for <laughs> 15 minutes in the morning. Five minutes. Well, that's I got true. to vent for five. Let's <laughs> just be queer. Clear. <laughs> Let's be clear. So I had five minutes, Susan had five minutes, and then we dialogued for five minutes. That's the 555. And I said, you proposed once in the morning. And I said, well, how about the morning and the evening? I needed more time. But then in the middle, we would just enjoy the vacation, like Whatever let it go. Like. Yeah. And I could agree to that. And the reason I'm telling you this story is over the course of that week, what happened is I just, you know, I was for sure Susan was the wrong person. She's not doing this, that, and the other thing. That's why I'm unhappy. And over the course of the week, I started to realize, oh my gosh, I'm not happy because I'm not doing anything fun. I'm not acting. I'm not painting. I feel like I have to work all the time. So I was really, at the end of it, I realized, God, it has nothing to do with you, Susan. <laughs> I need to take care of my life. And that created so much more space. And I had so much more agency over, wow, I can do these things. Mm -hmm. And when I started to have more fun, well, even just knowing that, it loosened up my blame of you. And me taking care of my meanness, M-E, me, really invigorated our relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes these tools can be so powerful and 15 minutes can make a difference Yeah, if you actually can commit to it. And then periodically, even taking larger segments of time where you can step back and you don't have to work the whole time. You know, that was the beauty of this weekend. We actually got some cool things. We put our deck furniture out. So, <laughs> we took our Christmas lights down. <laughs> and we were sitting out there and we, you know, it was fun. And we got to work with some great couples and we got to work on our couple and we got to have some fun. So this is the value sometimes of taking the strategic time for yourself, for your couple and making that valuable for you in creating the life and world you want. You're going to be a better person when you do. <laughs> so if we wind up doing this quarterly, we'll let you know and invite you along. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Take, Take care. Thanks for joining us. We hope you found today's episode valuable 
We know you're busy and we want to make it easy for you to understand how conflict may be showing up in a way that's impacting your team negatively. We recorded the first three chapters of our book for you to listen to for free. Get your free audio sample at thriveinc.com forward slash free sample. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C.com forward slash F-R-E-E-S-A-M-P-L-E. 